Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Fedra Ekris. Hello, everyone. And Jack McCarthy is under the weather, so he will not be here tonight. Boo-hoo. Wah-wah. But on tonight's show, what we're going to do is we're going to go over some news. Um, also going to go over the first episode of She-Hulk. Uh, I got a couple of movies that I've seen. So I'm going to ask you first, Fedra. Did you see She-Hulk or did you get a chance? No. That's all right. I think it was just me. I know um, Jack didn't get a chance to see it either. Did you see any movies this week? Not did really. See, did you see uh, Man of Steel? No, I didn't get to it. But I did see the new trailer for The Handmaiden's Tale. And it's it's a show I'm obsessed about. They say it's actually one of the darkest cinematic shows besides breaking bad so um i was just watching like behind the scenes of dissecting the trailer so uh, i believe that comes out next month on september 14th i've waited over a year and a half so i am ready <laughs> oh that's good i'd never seen it i was it's funny i was gonna watch it and uh i knew this girl i know it's gonna sound like a weird story but I thought she was into stuff like that. And I says, oh, you should watch that Handmaid's Tale. And she's like, why would I want to watch something like Handmaid's Tale? And then uh, a couple of months later, she's like, oh, my God, have you seen the Handmaid's Tale? You have to watch it. It's the best thing ever. And it just pissed me off that she forgot that I even said to her that she should watch it. Yeah. And so I was like, screw it. I ain't ever watching it. That's the reason. (laughs) Well, it's a stupid reason, but I mean, I do want to read the book because I know that the book is very different or things have been changed around in the show, uh, apart from it being very dark and, and really showing the United States in this like utopia, which is called Gilead. It is cinematically beautiful. Like the crew is phenomenal at the directing of it. So that's also why I just can't stop watching because of the very interesting ways that they do cuts, the way that they, you know, introduce things and showing it through different characters' perspectives. It really immerses you in it and um, you do get hooked. I, I got to say, I mean, it was very much like Breaking Bad where within first, second episode, I knew that I was screwed like i i'm gonna watch this all the <laughs> way to the screwed. end yeah i'm gonna watch it to the end and these are I like would. hour-long episodes like like you said you know daredevil it's like this is part of your life man like and it's just going away because you're just hooked on the show <laughs> screwed is a like a negative connotation yeah so you oh you're looking at as a negative yeah because you know well i wouldn't say that i'm an entrepreneur but i I love to do the different things. I love to do Reiki and tarot and study. I love coming on here. So I love to, you know, read and, and look at, you know, all these shows and what people are saying about Disney and Marvel. I love to read. I love to write. You know, I'm trying to even find time to compose and do music again. And it's just like, you know, not to complain, but it's just there's so much to do and so little time. And, you know, they make these shows so addictive and amazing that like, yeah, you're you know, you're taking an hour out of your day every day where it's like, man, could I be working out? Could I be writing? Could I be doing music? Could I be, you know, could I be doing other things? So, you know, I always look at it as, you know, how are you? Buddha said like where your focus goes, energy flows. So that's how I think all the time. It's like, where's my energy going with this? 
So. Yeah. I mean, Jack watched so much crap and he always tries to get me to watch it, watch things that he's watching. And I'm like, no, but he won't, he won't watch the Joker, you know? No, no, I just don't feel like I have the time, you know, it's like, I think my time is probably spent better somewhere else, but like a lot of the stuff that he watches, it's just like so many things I, I just don't get. And Taylor was even worse when he was on this show. He was just watching everything. And I don't know. I want to be at peace sometimes. I, sometimes I put yeah. on YouTube and I just watch, you know, the waves and the beach and the birds flying by and I just meditate and I'm content. It's like, I just want to clear my mind. I don't want to have too much input. Just want to relax. Yeah. I'm a true follower of meditation and uh, frequency healing. So you can, there's so many different frequencies on YouTube that you can put even very low on the background while you're doing anything, you know, cleaning the house, you know, reading, and it, it really rejuvenates you. So I'm all for that as well. All right. I'll send you a couple of videos later. Okay. All right. So I'm going to tell you some of the movies I've seen and I know I'm pretty sure you've seen this one. I watched uh, Superman, the movie. The original, the first one, Christopher Reeves. Yeah. You've seen that one, right? Yep. It does not get old. It still holds up very well. I am such a, I don't know if that's my favorite superhero movie, but it's definitely up there. Mm -hmm. I I think it's just great. I mean, Christopher Reeve is the best Superman that we've ever had. Henry Cavill's pretty good. If you get to watch Man of Steel, eventually, you know, it's, it's a different retelling of the tale of Superman, but I, this is like, I would say, like my Bible for Superman. You know, this is how, even though it's not the actual origin story and they took liberties with, um, or Richard Donner took liberties with the story. That's how I see Superman. Uh, I just was such a big fan when I was a kid. My father took me to the movies to see it. And uh, the whole thing was, uh, the tagline was, you will believe a man could fly. And you do for pretty much most of the movie. There's sometimes there, it's a little blue screen, green screen kind of going on there. But for the most part, when they use wires, he looks pretty damn good. And he is such a great looking Superman. Just like how he's able to have that dichotomy between Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. Where he acts like such a geek so that people will just ignore him and mm-hmm. stay away from him so that they don't see that he's obviously Superman. It, it's just great. It, I just love it. And they don't have that in man of steel or, you know, the current oh, iteration okay. of Superman. That's good it's, to know. Yeah. Cause in the Batman Superman one, I didn't see that either. I thought they were too close. Actually. I agree with you on that for sure. Yeah. I think that's, well, that's the whole thing with, Superman, though, is that he he had to create that persona so that, again, people would stay away from him. The Clark Kent in Man of Steel is kind of like, well, he doesn't really become a reporter for the Daily Planet until the end. But even in Batman v Superman, he is a reporter, but he's cool. And, you know, girls are attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's kind of easier to to find you know, figure out that he's, he's Superman, that Clark Kent. Anyway, he's fantastic. The rest of the cast is, is good. I don't know if they're, if Gene Hackman's the perfect Lex Luthor or Margot Kiddo's 
the perfect Lois Lane. Um, but I still love it. And the John Williams music. Oh my God. Yeah. Can't Absolutely. beat that. I could watch just the intro with just the opening credits. Just watch it over and over again. And again, it does not get old. It's just such a wonderful way of doing things. And you know, this came out after Star Wars. And so Star Wars had the John Williams music and it had the opening crawl, you know, for in the start of a new hope. And uh, this was similar, you know, because you had like the the credits going through space and you had the John Williams music. Uh, I just love it. And it's just such a good movie. And regardless of, I always bitch and complain about that. I hate what they're going to do with Superman in the future, or I don't like this version of Superman. We'll always have this version. If they start remaking Rocky movies, we'll always have the Sylvester Stallone versions, you know? So I don't care anymore. You just knowing that I could watch that one. If I want to watch Michael Keaton's Batman, or if I want to watch Christian Bale's dark Knight, all those options are open to us. That is true. And, you know, some people say like they can't get over the fact that there's not so great effects in this film, but I think that also shows the craftsmanship of them making this believable even with the amount of effects that they had at that time so to me like i think it's still uh epically done to show like the real uh heart of superman um again you know consider the fact that i haven't seen man of steel but i just don't always think that affects are the answer like yeah it's it looks great and it's super cool but usually the act the acting is just subpar and like i definitely remember seeing superman and believing it like that's him i mean that scene where you see the sun rise and he's just coming over earth i mean it's just epic yeah, no, it is. And, you know, again, back then there was no CGI. So they had either the blue screen or the green screen. And then they had models, basically, and wires. And they did such a great job with it. Just like the opening scene with Krypton, when you think that that's all models, it's crazy what they did. And it's so believable, too. Not a, you know, uh, there's a few things that you look at, like when, um, California is getting struck by the effects of uh, the San Andreas fault splitting. You could see that there's a lot of models, mm -hmm. but Christopher Reeve just gives such a great performance. And he does a great performance in all the Superman movies, even Superman four. I, I think he's, he's really good in that one too. Definitely, definitely check that out. If you haven't seen it in a while, it is one of the greatest and without Superman, the movie, who knows, we might never have had as many superhero movies as we do now. Dun -dun -dun. Um, so when you were talking about last week that you had seen Batman V Superman, it kind of made me want to see justice league. So justice league, not that it's on sale, but it's pretty cheap. It's on digital now it's $14.99 on Vudu. 
So I picked up Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I have the uh, original Justice League, the theatrical one too. And uh, so I, I think we were discussing last week which one you should watch. Yeah. And uh, I think you should watch this theatrical one because it's like we were saying, it's shorter. It's two hours, and the you know Zack Snyder is over four hours long. And it's basically the same story. It's just that the scenes are extended. There's a little, there's probably more character development for some of the characters, but I don't really know if it's worth it. I, it's, it's probably a better film movie, but four hours of anything is just too much. It's not The Godfather. Like you can sit and watch The Godfather, which I think is mm, three or four hours or, or Gone with the Wind. But to dedicate yourself to sitting down and watching a movie with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman and their friends for four hours, that's rough. And, it, and it's a ripoff, really, of Avengers. It's almost the same story. I would say like he was very ambitious, maybe overly too ambitious, and that he wanted to create his, his own masterpiece. And he borrowed from heavily from Avengers, Zack Snyder, and he borrowed heavily from Lord of the Rings. I feel. Uh, I would say definitely check it out, though. There's uh, some good stuff in it. Superman in the theatrical one is more like the Superman that you and I would like to see, like the pleasant Superman, the happy Superman. You know, glad to yeah. be alive, glad to be a member of planet Earth. And dare I say, almost, he even says, he goes, I'm a big fan of the truth. What do you say? I'm a big fan of the truth and justice. But he doesn't say the American way because they screwed us over uh, and they got rid of the American way thing with Superman. But th that's fine. I won't get into that because I've gotten into it before. But he does say it in the theatrical one. He doesn't say it in the Snyder verse one or the Snyder cut one. Um, he's very, he's very dark in the Snyder cut Superman. And he actually wears, instead of wearing his blue and red suit, he wears a black one. And um, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I like his blue and red suit better. He, yeah. he wore a black one in the comic books when he died and it was used to, you know, rejuvenate him, you know, cause like he gets his powers from the sun and uh, at one point he goes up and uh, above the earth's atmosphere and he soaks in all of the sun, like in the Snyderverse one. But again, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily needed to have all of that. Um, you know, and what's funny is Ezra Miller is in this. He plays the flash and Amber Heard is in this. She plays Mira, who's Aquaman's girlfriend. And you know what? They're both pretty good in this. <laughs> I was, I, I wouldn't get rid of her. I know. I think there was a petition to get rid of her. It's like got three, three or 4 million. Oh yeah. I wouldn't get rid of her. No. Yeah. They, but they're trying to get rid of her in Aquaman too. Um, she had filmed some scenes and I think Warner brothers is seriously thinking about it. I'd leave her in. If you want to throw a tomato at the screen, go ahead. But, I don't have a problem. I, I, mean, I thought she was attractive in it too. 
No, Again, I think I think she she did her part in being the character. I don't think it has anything to do with her personal life. She chose to put her personal life on display and you know, she got what she got. So, I don't think it has anything to do with with her character on screen and her professional, you know, part. Uh, but, you know, Ezra Miller is a very different story. Yeah, no, he is. But he's, he's still, he's okay in this one. Uh, I was never a huge fan of The Flash, but he's, he, he did, you know, he portrays him in a different way. He's more of comic relief in this one than, um, but his, it works, though, uh, which I, I kind of enjoyed. And I would say the action scenes in the Snyder Cut are better, but it's just longer. And it's and the the theatrical one, it's more colorful. It, it looks really nice, but the Snyder Cut is very dark. It's got a blue filter, gray filter. It just looks dark and depressing. And um, also the Snyder version has got a four by three aspect ratio, which is like, looks like an old TV with black bars on the sides, you know? Okay. And it's so distracting. I hate it. I think that's the thing I hate the most with Snyder's version. He was trying to be artistic and say that, well, this is what it should look like on the IMAX screen. Cause he kind of added footage on the top and the bottom. So you're getting more footage in his screen or or you're you're seeing more of the screen, but since you're adding stuff on the top, you're losing stuff on the sides and it just doesn't look right on a widescreen TV. Such a sin uh, because I I think it would look so much better if it was just widescreen. I will kind of get what you're saying when i watch it because i'm not what do you think you're gonna watch you think you're gonna watch um i'll probably watch the short version first all right so yeah if you get a chance watch both i was going i was flipping back and forth yeah because like i would watch one scene and then i would see because josh whedon came in to correct what snyder had done because warner brothers wasn't crazy about it and uh they both have their charm like I think people should be happy that there's they now have a choice of two radically different Justice League movies. It's the same story, but it's got a different tone in each one. And uh, I, I love stuff like that. Again, like I could watch the theatrical versions of Lord of the Rings and enjoy mm-hmm. it, and I can watch the extended edition. And you decide which one you want to watch. Same thing, you know. I mean, well, Terminator has a special edition. Uh, with some footage in it, but again, it's up to you to decide which one you want to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way when it comes to Lord of the Rings. I, I agree completely. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for just the theater, and sometimes I do want to see the extended versions. So I, I, I do agree that having that uh, will tell more of the tale in in different ways. But yeah. I think for now, like. I got a, I got a bit, you know, I got to see Man of Steel. Then I want, I need to rewatch Batman and Superman. Uh, and then also the Justice League. So, yeah, my okay. nephew wanted to ask you, which one did you watch for Batman v Superman? Because there are two different versions of that, too. There is the theatrical and then there is the I think it's an extended one. It's a half an hour longer or you don't know. 
I don't know. I'm going to have to go find that out. Yeah. I, I actually prefer the shorter one because there's no uh, Superman and, and Batman. There's, there's no extra scenes for them. There's some extra Clark and Bruce Wayne scenes and some African, you know, the, the people in Africa scenes, but I don't know. It, it's, that's another movie that's long enough as it is. I, I don't need another yeah. half an hour to sit through and just because Zack Snyder feels that this is the definitive version, you know, that Warner brothers wanted me to cut out, but I, I can understand, you know, like a, you just want something to be tight. And I, and I, I you know, I thought it was okay. Uh, Batman v Superman. It, it grows on me. I'll probably watch that again too. It's only one man of steel though. That's right. Well, I mean, movie-wise, <laughs> there's no extended version or anything like that. Oh, all right. So I, I guess I, I'm going to get into She-Hulk, and if you want to have any questions. So you, you're eventually going to watch it, I guess. I think you and Jack yeah. are going to. I mean, your- I, I hope you liked some of it, you know, because I've been really looking forward to it. Yeah. So you're going to, what do you think? You know me. Do you, do you think I liked it or do you think I didn't like it? Well, a lot of people said they didn't like it. So I'm probably going to go that route that you didn't like it. I actually really liked it. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> I thought it was good. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's funny. It's light. It's colorful. And, you know, again, when you compare it to WandaVision and, and some of the other Disney plus Marvel series, it's again, something light that you can watch. I wouldn't mind watching this over again. Um, Cause it was fun and it's quick too. It's probably about 35 minutes and it oh, just good. goes, goes very fast too. Like uh, it doesn't drag at all for me anyway. That's great. That's really great to hear. What uh, what stood out about the episode for you? I thought she was good. The actress that played, what's her name? Tatiana Maslany. She plays Jennifer Walters. It, it's kind of weird, the origin, because the, the two of them are, you know, Bruce is able to control his, him turning into the Hulk. So he's Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner. The two of them are in a car and they're driving around. And he's got a bracelet on there that can prevent him from turning into the Hulk, which is weird. And they get into a car accident and Bruce is bleeding and some of the blood goes on to an open wound of hers. And so she gets the, the gamma radiation or his mm-hmm. blood is, is, I think in the comics it was transfusion, which would make more sense, but it's kind of like a few drops of blood. Now all of a sudden she's the She-Hulk. Um, but she's good. The CGI doesn't look that bad. It's not that great, but she looks okay. I, I think, like I said before, the problem with the CGI with her is that she's got longer hair. And I think the Hulk has got shorter hair. So yeah, he looks a little uh, better, I, I would say, because he's got less hair to work with. Um but, what, what about the comedy? Do you think that 
it's so, nicely balanced or yeah good I, there there wasn't too many cringy things in it uh, i actually i enjoyed it you know I, I again i i think a lot of it has to do with her because she seems like a good actress um she's a little short you know as the actress but when you know she turns into she hulk she's pretty tall i was expecting her to be a little taller because i i'd never seen her before um but she's pretty good like she can control much easier when she turns into the she hulk like at a whim like she can if she wants to turn back into her human form she just turns back into it so she's got that going for her you know oh okay so she has more control than bruce did yeah overall yeah like bruce his whole thing is he when he would get angry you know, that's when he would turn into Hulk and he was always afraid that something was going to happen where he would experience pain and he would turn into the Hulk and he couldn't control it. She can, like if she just wants to turn into the Hulk, boom, she turns into the Hulk. But I think she said it has to do with the fact that she's a woman and that she's gone through a lot of pain and suffering throughout her life, which again, I, I was fine with that. That's just, you know, kind of comedy and it's, the she-hulk it's a you know i i kind of let things slide especially it's uh not that i would say it's more of a woman's show but you know what i'm saying it's it's a female hulk so kind of like i don't know if you remember the bionic woman you know it was a spinoff of the six million dollar man that might be before your time i've heard of it but i haven't seen it yeah it, it's similar to that like where you know, he, he's like the, the mold of what the Hulk should be. And she's just a spinoff. And, uh, you know, it, it does imply that she's, she's stronger than him at times, but it, it looks like he's holding back. And when you watch it, you'll see. Yeah. I, uh, I could totally see that him holding back. For sure. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, she, he wants to teach her how to be a Hulk and a superhero. And um, I, I think by doing that, it's like when you teach a kid, it's like you can't automatically just throw everything at them. Right. You, you know, you got to be a little softer with them. And I, I think that that's what he's doing. Um, well, and I'm, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to is like, how does she balance like the time in the courtroom versus being She-Hulk and, you know, managing these powers? Because I'm sure there's going to be times where she's going to be like Bruce, where She's like, I don't even want this. I don't even know what to to deal with it. I wish I could just go back to being quote unquote normal. Like I, I like to see those parts of the show too, to see how she like emotionally goes through that. Well, that's just like Bruce did. That's like this episode because she doesn't want to be a superhero. She just wants to be a lawyer. And he says that she has a responsibility now, but you know, again, she makes a good point. You know, why do I have to do it if I don't want to do it? But he feels that with great power comes mm -hmm. great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. So um, it's fun. You know, I, I'm just going to say that. I think it's fun. I'd probably give it about a seven out of 10. I, I don't understand why okay. people are really ripping into it. I, I think that sometimes uh, people go into uh, things just hating it before. 
even seeing it. And that affects you a lot. I, I try not to do that. It's, it's hard, but I, I've, I've softened like when um, trying to think like what movie, like some of the Marvel movies that, that came out, like maybe it was Shang-Chi. I was like, Oh, it's going to be a train wreck. And it wasn't, you know, it's not my favorite Marvel movie, but I was like, no, it wasn't horrible, you know, but it's, it wasn't a disaster either. Right. It's just, you know, again, I think you got to go in with an open mind. Uh, I'd say my biggest complaint though, and this has to do with the character of the Hulk. I'm, I'm tired of professor Hulk, you know, him wearing glasses, him speaking, you know, like him being merged with Bruce Banner. Uh, Cause it looks like, it just looks like a, green mark ruffalo it doesn't look like the hulk anymore it, it looks too much like him like even his hair is very gray now to match i guess mark ruffalo's hair and that's really not the hulk like uh, you know later on in life he gets gray hair but that's a long time off i, I think that the hulk needs to look more like a monster and i think at some point I really hope that they do turn him back into the Savage Hulk, you know, like where he's not bright, you know, he's just rampaging and um, just doing what he does best. Because even like, I think they said in Infinity War and Endgame, he's not as strong as he once was because uh, he's more rational and he tries to control the Hulk's emotions. You know, we need the the old Hulk back. Uh, Like, like I'm not a fan of Ruffalo as Bruce Banner, but he was great in the first Avengers movie. And so was that Hulk. I, you know, I think that was the best Hulk we ever got. He's just gotten softer as time has gone by. Those are good points, but yeah, I'm interested to see their chemistry too in the, in the episodes. They're pretty good. You know, I, I think that they have really good chemistry. I, I buy that they're cousins, you know, which I, I think that's kind of hard to do too. And uh, they, I, I like it, you know, it's uh, I I was nicely surprised. Uh, like I said, this is an episode I could watch again. All right. Um, I think that's about it. They, they kind of, Played this Captain America joke a little too much, but I, I won't spoil it for you. Um, there's cursing in this too, which I was surprised. Uh, like they use the F word, the D word. And I don't get it because they make such a big stink out of not using curse words in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like right. Rocket and Star Lord will say a hole. And they just let it fly in this. I, I mean, I guess it's TV. It's not as stringent or they, they, but I still think that there's got to be some kind of rating because it seems like it's catered towards kids and adults. And it's just very weird to hear them throw out like curse words. Uh, not that it's all the time. It's not, it's not Samuel Jackson and Pulp Fiction, but you know, they, they do kind of say it. Um, I also think, you know, I'm going to have to see what Jack thinks. And you also, I I think he said at some point that, you know, he's, 
he's able to control this Hulk, but I, I think that there's also another Hulk in him too. I need to watch it again. And oh, I, like and two personas. Yeah. Kind of like uh moon Knight a little bit, hmm. um, you know, maybe that would be kind of cool. You know, that, that angry Hulk is still there, but right now he's able to con- control it and he's, he's using the combination of the two. I'm, or maybe I completely misunderstood it, but that's kind of what I saw. And there's nine episodes, so that's fairly long, you know. Yeah, that's a good amount. Yeah, I think that's good, especially if it's good right now. Yeah. I would suggest everybody watch it. I, I, I think it's fun, and uh, I, think, I think you'll like it, too. Yay. Yay. I'm looking forward to that finally show I like. <laughs> well, we'll see. You don't Other than Ma- me. the Meldalorian, you know. I mean, you don't always agree with me, so you might not like it. Them. We will see. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the news. So, The Rock forced Warner Brothers to remove Black Adam from the first Shazam movie. And uh, I think people are starting to have enough with The Rock, you know? Uh, How is that even possible? Like, didn't Shazam already come out? Yeah, but he was hired to play Black Adam in the Shazam movie. And then he was like, you know what? I don't think it's fair to the character of Black Adam that his origin story is shortchanged in this movie. So I think it would be a disservice not to give him his own movie. So, you know, he basically, he's got such a big head, this guy. Um, I try, I mean, I, I think personality wise, he's a fun guy. I know a lot of people like him. But I think he's an arrogant bastard, and he, he thinks his you-know-what doesn't smell. Um, and I, I look forward to the day when his movies start to bomb at the box office and people stop. Worshipping him. Yeah. I mean, he seriously, he can run for president right now, and he's got a good chance of winning. Because he's so, he's so beloved, you know, by so many people. I hope not. Oh, I don't know. If, you know what? He might not be that bad. Uh, like Schwarzenegger was. Yeah, he was governor. The governor of California. But but he still, he did things that was outside the box. And he just tried to make people happy. Maybe The Rock would do that too. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he would want to do it because it's just. Why not enjoy yourself? Unless he's got such a huge ego. That he's like, you know, I could be the most powerful man in the world. Yeah, um, that's what I'm worried about. That's why I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Just stay in your lane. Make your freaking movies. <laughs> you know, have fun. Eat your pancakes. You know, enjoy your fans. Not that I, I would think that he would start pushing buttons once he got in the White House. But uh, I don't know. No, there, there was talk of him and Oprah running together. And they'd probably win. <laughs> you know? See, that's when I would really question reality at that point. If Oprah could be the VP and The Rock is the president, I mean, is he going to have everybody call him President Rock? Because I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, you need to now have your actual real name. And that's well, no, what we're going to address you, you know? Well, that's the whole thing, though, with him. He doesn't like 
being called the rock anymore. He likes to be called Dwayne Johnson, but I just call him the rock. Cause that's what I mostly know him from. Yeah. That's how I know him. Um, from wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And he was great as a wrestler. I, I always enjoyed him in stone cold. Yeah. When they were wrestling, but this guy, he hit the, the lotto because I, Again, the movies that he's in, I, I have yet to watch a movie that he's been in that I really enjoyed, but they just make so much money at the box office. He's got a fan base that cannot be stopped. That's why he's got this power. It's like, uh, yeah, I'll play Black Adam, but I want to have my own movie. And not only do I want to have my own movie, I want my own trilogy, you know, just so he makes more and more money i would have to assume that he's probably close to about a half a billion dollars in net value right now because he makes a lot of movies per year and he's been doing that for about 10 years that's crazy that's a lot of money and he's got businesses on the side and then he takes profits off of the, the back end of movies um yeah i think he's this guy is loaded you know, good for him, but like I said, I, I don't think he's that great of an actor. He's like a presence, like how Clint Eastwood is and mm-hmm. kind of like how Keanu Reeves is, Jack Nicholson. Um, but I, w- I I can't imagine him going up and receiving a Best Actor award. Yeah, you know, it was funny. I was thinking of you, and uh, I hope I don't get too much lip from this, but I saw the poster of the Jumanji and I don't know if this is the woke side of Fedra or this is just the devil's advocate Fedra talking. So I see the poster, right? And the poster is they're in the water and there's an alligator. Then there's Kevin Hart. There's the rock. Then there's Jack Black. And then there's the female character. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. her name. Karen Gillan. Yeah. But the rock is specifically pushed forward in the shot so he stands out so you know what i did first thing i thought well how come kevin hart ain't in the center because he likes his his spot you know right yeah i I know i know exactly what is but that that was my thought like first as i saw it i'm like wait a minute how come Kevin, kevin hart can't be in the middle why does the rock always have to be in the middle why can't it be jack black why can't it be the female hell why can't it be the alligator? You know, like what, like <laughs> why, why the why the heck do we have to have the rock always front and center? Look at me, I'm so great. Worship me, you know. It's just, I, it was the first thing I thought. I was just like, this is just too much. It's like you're, it's it's just always about him, and yet, you know, I love Kevin Hart as a comedian. I think he's great, and Jack Black as well. I mean, I love so many Jack Black films. So it was just like sad for me because it's just like is this another thing where oh because he's trending and he's always around that he has to be front and center or kevin howard's not good enough or jack black is too old or this new actress is too new and and not so known so we don't put her first it's like you know so that's my thing because you know if they're always talking about equality and like everybody like being in this and diversity then he shouldn't have stood out then it should have been completely even plain of all of them in the water with this gator. You know, oh, you're right. But 
That's the whole thing, though. He's got a huge ego. And when people look at that poster, they say that's a rock movie. You know, even though there are other stars in it, they'll say it's a rock movie. Yeah. And that's that's what's unfortunate about it to me. It's just, you know, I know that's the entertainment business and I know that that's, you know, making him larger than life. But, you know, I know we're going to get to it in the news, but, you know, this is the type of thing that we're trying to avoid when we have someone like Ezra Miller who can't handle that amount of fame and and building up of themselves. So, I mean, you know, The Rock better be careful because, you know, fame does does something to you and money does something to you. And, you know, like you said, you know, you're climbing, you know, to Mount Everest. So you're either going to be at the top and float there for a while or you can crash and burn. And I don't want that for him. But you, you can't keep holding tight to be like number one, always first. I'm going to tell, you know, Warner Brothers what to do. I'm going to be leading DC. You know, it's just it is very arrogant. It's and the fact that he's not even being called out yet too much. Maybe that's going to occur more often, I hope, because he should be called out. Well, this is what he said to Vanity Fair. He said, when the first draft of the movie came to us, it was a combination of Black Adam and Shazam, two origin stories in one movie. And he said, now that was the goal. So it wasn't a complete surprise. But when I read that, I just knew in my gut, we can't make this movie like this. We would be doing Black Adam an incredible disservice. It would be fine for Shazam having two origin stories coverage in one movie, but not good for Black Adam. He said, I made a phone call. I said, I have to share my thoughts here. It's very unpopular because everybody thought, hey, this script is great. Let's go make this movie. And I said, I really think that you should make Shazam make that movie on its own in the tone that you want. And I think we should separate this as well. So that's how much power this idiot has. And, you know, it, it does annoy me because I, I do see some. Well, first, one thing I don't like about him is that he always goes around telling people that his body is natural. And there's no way in hell that that body is natural. Like, if you compare pictures of him when he was in the, the WWE. Oh, totally different body. A totally different head. You know, even his. <laughs> I seriously, well, they, they say like there are certain signs of like steroid use, like where um, uh-huh. you know, even the size of your head changes like a different shape, uh, you know, but there is no way in, in hell that that is natural. And, um, but he has to do it because I, I read something that says that he can't come out and say that, well, yeah, I do take performance enhancing drugs. So he's better off saying, that it's all natural, you know, because it, it would affect his career, you know, potentially. Um, so he's got to lie, even though he says he's not. There's no way in hell. If anyone is taking steroids on this planet, it is him without a, a shadow of the doubt. I, I have, you know, no doubt that he is he's doing it. Um, he's he, again, he's just so arrogant, the guy. Um he seems humble. He seems nice. He seems good with the fans, but I think behind closed doors, especially business dealings, he's probably unbearable to deal with. 
and everybody wants them. Disney wants them for the Jungle Cruise. They want to make a franchise out of that. They want to make a franchise out of Black Adam, Warner Brothers, uh, Jumanji. I I don't know what what studio that is. Might be Universal or something. You know, they everybody wants a piece of him, and good for him. He's not signing, you know, a specific deal with one you know movie production company. But I would not be surprised if somebody offered him a billion dollars, you know, to be on their payroll and gave him all these things like, well, you can direct your own movie if you want, um, you know, but I can see that happening one day. And I just don't think he deserves it. Like I always said, like, I'm not a fan of Melissa McCarthy, but she brings in the numbers when she releases a movie and she deserves every penny she gets uh, probably even more. I don't know how much he's getting paid, but you know, like if, if you're successful with bringing people into theaters, you deserve to get paid and, and he does too. But I just, uh, I, I, I don't think. Yeah. But I mean, is talented. he at the caliber to direct? I, I don't know about that. I agree with you that he's more like a, like a, a presence. I, I don't know if he'd, he'd direct. Every star at some point gets a big head where they're like, I want to direct, you know, to kind of show, that I have an artistic side and uh, sometimes it works, but I don't know. I, I hate when actors do that. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they should stick in their lane with what they're good at. Yeah. I mean, go to school, you know, if you want to be a director, yeah, go to school first, but don't just say, do you mind if I look through that, that lens <laughs> you know? or, or start small, like do, yeah. do a short film or a short feature film or heck do a documentary. Why, why do you have to, you know, go toe to toe with the big guys when it's your first one? Like really like well, be humble. <laughs> and I was a fan of uh, Shazam. I, I was a big fan of the Shazam comics and the character Shazam. Well, you, you know, but in, in the comics, I, you know, when I was younger, I used to like Shazam. I loved his costume, you know, the red and the yellow and the white, you know, he was like Superman, except he wasn't Superman. <laughs> he, he basically was a rip off of Superman. And uh, he was actually from a different company. Um, I think they were called Fawcett and uh, they were out selling Superman comics back in the day. I think it was the forties or the fifties because what it was with the character Shazam, what made him special is that it was a little boy and the little boy would say Shazam and he would turn into a superhero. So that's what kids saw. They're like, Oh wow. I could be a superhero. You know, I don't have to wait to grow up. I could just say Shazam. And again, they were out selling Superman comic books. So Warner brothers took them to court. So you, you ripped off Superman. They did kind of, you know, he's got the Cape, uh, the black hair, he's invulnerable, he can fly, uh, just almost everything that mm-hmm. Shazam does, Superman has done. And what they did is they, they were a small comic book company and um, DC uh, kept them in litigation for so long that they finally had to declare bankruptcy. And then DC came and swooped up Shazam. You know, they bought them like for. Oh, they bought Shazam. So, yeah, it's sad. So dirty. Uh, it is. It's very dirty, dirty business. Yeah. Because they, they kept prolonging the lawsuit that because they, yeah, they knew. They, they knew. Yeah. They, they would cause them to go out of business. And then they just they said, all right, well, you know what? We'll, we'll buy that character. But 
it's not going to be that expensive for us, you know? And, um, but he, I, I do like Shazam and, uh, his, his greatest villain has always been black Adam. It's like his Joker and to not see the two of them ever in a comic book movie sucks. And it's because of the rock. He doesn't want to fight Shazam. He wants to fight Superman. Um, the rock, the rock thinks that his character is so great that he needs to fight Superman. So Shazam and, that irritates the hell out of me. Right, but doesn't that not make sense then? Because that's not the storyline. Yeah, it's not. But again, whatever The Rock wants, The Rock gets. And um, he keeps hinting that there's going to be... He keeps saying over and over that the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change with him, meaning that he is going to lead all the superheroes. That's another thing, too. He's a bad guy, Black Adam. Right. He doesn't want him to be bad, so he's making him good. You know, uh, like he might have a fight with Superman, but he's ultimately he's good. He's a he's a superhero. Well, I hope that The Rock never goes to a comic con because I will want all of the like super nerds to be educating no, he- him on the storylines because. He- you're was, upsetting real fans, the people that have read the comics. They don't care. <laughs> he was there a couple of weeks ago, and he showed up, he, and he brought his outfit. He came in with the Black Adam outfit, and they gave him a standing ovation. Uh, it's because the love for The Rock is stronger than the love for a comic book character right now in this world. Um, I do hope one day that he falls flat on his face, because... Uh, I, I guess only I guess the writers only get a small violin. They do. They they get a small violin. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, and I and I think it's just going to. <laughs> I, I don't think that movie's going to be any good, but it'll probably make money because The Rock. Hmm. But one day, one day, just like Arnold. His movies are not going to make as much money as they used to. And someone is going to come along to take over the box office crown. And uh, hopefully I'm alive by that day when it happens. All right. So uh, Spider-Man actor Tom Holland said that he is taking a break from social media for his mental health. He says, I find Instagram and Twitter to be overstimulating and it's uh, they are overwhelming. Um, I get caught up and I spiral when I read things about me online, and ultimately it's very detrimental to my mental state. So I decided to take a step, a step back, and delete the app. Well, I commend Tom Holland for, you know, taking into consideration his mental health. I think he does need to work on then his uh, security of his identity and himself. And I know that's, that's easy to say because I've never had thousands and thousands of people, oh, millions. Crit- you know, okay. Millions, uh, you know, critique me. So I have no idea how that feels, but you know, I'll, I'll just quote Johnny Depp and be like, I don't watch my films and I don't read comments. So, I mean, if, if that were me, that's what I would do. Um, You know, 
I've had this talk with with several people because I've watched many documentaries about social media, which is very disturbing, not of the fact that they collect all of your data, uh, but it's also this dopamine effect of constantly getting validation, validation. And at the same time, you know, depending what kind of line of work you do or the, depending upon your opinions, you'll also get a lot of toxic energy thrown at you, which I can definitely see. Uh, so I do like the fact that he's setting the example of you can actually leave social media. It doesn't matter if you're famous or not. Like if that's something that you truly feel like you need to do for yourself, then do it. I would wish that we figure out a way to work and live in society without social media. That's that's the route that I would want to go. Maybe that's a little bit more extreme, but I really don't see this use of Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter and WhatsApp. And I mean, I really don't. I don't see really what's the benefit. Is it really helping you day to day to communicate and, you know, be close knit in a community? So because it sounds like to him that it actually affected him so much that he has to remove himself completely. So I don't know. What, what's your take on, on social media? Well, I, I think, uh, again, and it just might be one platform, like, say, Twitter, he's got at least 30 million followers. So if you combine that with, uh, what was it, one of your Instagram? It's probably just as many. That's a lot uh, that people are looking into his life, everything that he does. Uh, his biggest problem, though, is I've always felt he's immature and he's having a hard time growing up. He, he looks very young for his age, but I, I think he's getting close to How around the. I think he's around close to 30. Say, say like about 27. Um, okay. But he shouldn't be acting the way he does. Like he acts like a little kid. Um, like I remember when Marvel and Sony decided not to work together anymore. He got very upset and he stopped following Sony on Twitter. And then he went to uh, the executives at Sony and, and begged them to work with Marvel. Oh, he's a, he's a cancer June 1st, 1996. He's 26 years old. Sorry. Oh, so he's 26. Yeah. Cancers are very emotional too. Yeah. But it's kind of like grow up pal. You know I mean? He's got to be a multimillionaire. I mean, he's not only does he's got so <laughs> the Spider-Man franchise, but he's got the uncharted franchise. Now he's making I mean, a lot of, no, I understand. No, I mean, I understand what you're saying. No, I, I feel bad for him if it's it's bothering him that maybe he's getting some negative feedback. Like maybe he's reading the stuff I have to say about him. <laughs> no, actually, I don't go on Twitter and say stuff. <laughs> I was like, shame on you, Joe. But if I did, I would. Feel like it was me. <laughs> oh no! I, if I was somebody that was on Twitter, I probably would say something like, "You ruined Spider-Man. Thank you. I hope you're happy." You know, but wow. if you get something like that from somebody, well, I, I don't know if I would say that, but, um, but if you get something like that from an individual, I guess it does hit, hit home. And when you think about. That's no what, pun intended. What? Hits home. Oh, hits home, <laughs> home, yeah. home again. You know? <laughs> I, I think, you know, he, he's, he's overly sensitive, the guy. 
and what I, I know people that are on uh, social media, uh, you know, because we work for a company that basically has a lot to do with social media. And there are a lot of times where people say horrible, horrible things. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not going to name any names, but I had spoken to some people in the company and I would just say, it's like, why don't you focus on the positive stuff that people have to say? Don't worry about the negative stuff. You know, think about the lives that you're affecting in a positive way, that you're changing for the better, that they appreciate everything that you do. And then. Yeah. Think about the kids. How yeah. you just light up their, they, they, they explode with joy when they see Spider-Man. Like you, you emulate that and. You know, yeah, maybe some of the fans don't like how you did it, but when you think of children and you see the innocence and the smiles of them, that should open up your your heart even more. And I would say, you know, the only thing that I would agree with you is that he has a, a certain amount of money. Then, you know, hire an assistant or hire your publisher, have somebody do yeah, your social a, media and point. just I mean, that's what I would do because honestly, I do not like social media. It was actually when I was in my first band out of high school, they were the ones that convinced me to join Facebook in like 2005, 2006. I never wanted to be on any platform. And then, you know, you get sucked in after that. So I, I get it, you know, how he's like, oh, I have to be on there. You know, I'm a symbol, you know, I'm an actor, I'm Spider-Man. I have to be, you know, on social media. I have to have this presence. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I look at this as a job too. And uh, yeah. unless, unless it's in your contract that you have to do social media, you can get somebody else to do it. Like you, you, you don't have an obligation to put your entire life, you know, on display. I mean, you're an actor, so you're supposed to play a character so you can show the characters that you are, but you don't have to show the real you, you know, that's where, you know, I feel privacy needs to be advocated more. And for some reason, like that is just unheard of. They're like, oh, my God, really? Like, no. And it's just like, you don't you don't need to show everything about your life. I think it's very healthy for you to have those boundaries. I think it's very concerning that in this country and, you know, with TikTok, that they're making it a point to literally do everything that they say. I mean, I, I couldn't like as soon as I found out the origin of TikTok, but also all these things that were happening on TikTok, I completely removed my account because, you know, kids were dying because they were doing these stupid competitions, yeah. you know, because they were just following. And, and so I can definitely see, you know, his point. Um, but, you know, it's also no one's forcing you to do social media. So when you, you should really, you know, consider that when you're thinking about your mental health, like not just take a break, but maybe create certain parameters. So that way this doesn't happen again, because he's really not the first for me to hear it. I, I know about you. I've seen a lot of my friends just like pull out of social media completely or take a break because it's too much for them because it is a toxic environment. I can only imagine, you know, what he's read and and taken so personally when it's like, dude, like they've not done the work that you've done. Sorry. Like you've done thousands of auditions, thousands of expressions. I can't imagine how many costumes you've done, how many different ways you've had to emotionally change yourself into this character. That's your job. But at the end of the day, when you clock out, 
you don't have to be on social media. Like that's extra <laughs> to me. I, I think with him too, is that he has success right now. And I think he's afraid of losing it. And it's kind of like, I need to be posting on social media. And if I don't like make four or five posts a day, maybe people stop following me. I, I could see a mentality like that, like that they're so used Definitely. to, because yeah, like say like you're him and you can't help but look at how many followers you have. And then one day you look and you lost a hundred thousand followers and you're like, well, what did I say? Was it something that I did? You know, it's, I, I could see him being something like that. But that's what, you know, and I am trying, I'm trying so hard right now not to point out a certain generation because I am of that generation. And let's face it, every generation is on a social media platform of any kind. So I can't blame this or that generation. Like, look at those. What, millennials? Know? Yeah. I mean, I'm technically a millennial, but, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to put anyone in a category of like, well, that's why you are the way that you are because social media, because your generation. No, it's, it's really because of the choices that you make. We literally have, and I will hold up my phone so you can imagine me shaking my phone right now like I'm shaking my finger, that, you know, we have an, an entire computer at our hands. We have the choice to look up these things and look up statistics and understand, you know, the positives and the negatives of this. But we don't choose that. We choose entertainment. And yes, I completely agree that Tom is probably looking at this as a marketing, like I got to keep up my brand. I got to keep up my face. I got to be, you know, constantly with your fans. But I'm sorry, I'm going to go dark. If you get mentally unstable and you get depressed, God forbid you drink or take pills or do whatever, you're going to wind up like Ezra Miller and then you're going to completely explode your entire career of everything that you worked for. So I don't care about your marketing. I rather see you alive and sane and exist so that you can make more movies and impact more people. Whether it's good or bad, you really shouldn't think of yourself as a commodity. You're you're a human being. And that's what I think is messed up about this. Well, we're also our worst critic too. And I'm sure that when he sees himself on the screen, he probably thinks he sucks, you know, definitely. Like, like I do. I always say, Oh, that was horrible. Joe, you suck. Um, but it, it's funny. It, it makes me think of, well, you know, it, in a way, People are not going to see the Spider-Man movies because he's in it. They're going to see Spider-Man. Yeah. And I hope he understands that too. Um, Because I think some people lose that. Like I remember years ago, Jeff Goldblum was doing an interview Hmm. and he says, I don't understand why I'm not getting as much money. Uh, I think I should be getting a lot of money. I was in two of the biggest blockbusters, Independence Day and Jurassic Park. And uh doesn't that hold any weight? <laughs> and it's like, people didn't go to see you. They went to go see dinosaurs and they went to go see spaceships, you know? Aliens. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just some people are clueless. You know, it goes back to the rock, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, good luck to the guy. I, I do know some people I think have, have said to him, that well, he's dating Zendaya. And did you know that? 
Yeah. Yeah, they've been dating since the first movie. And I, 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 well, I think they, they, you know, a lot of people say, well, you could, she could be doing so much better than him. She's only with him because, uh, oh, that's terrible. Of the Spider Man movies. Um, I know I'm going to sound horrible, but I, I tend to agree <laughs> because, uh, I, I think she's like a vampire, you know, I, I think she realizes oh, no. that he is her meal ticket you know, for the immediate future. Um, but, you know, once a, like, like a Brad Pitt type of guy comes into her life, that's maybe I'm a hundred percent wrong, but I think like once a, you know, a more good looking guy with a lot of money comes into her life, she'll dump him like a bad habit. She's September 1st. Sorry. I'm trying to, trying to think of that Zodiac. It might be Libra. I'm going to find out because that's going to bother me because then I can kind of figure, you know, the, uh, the compatibility between the two real quick. I'll uh, just say really. Quick oh, too. Virgo. Oh, <laughs> okay. The vampire. Well, no, Virgo, Virgo is, um, Virgo is actually the virgin, the, the mother like figure. Uh, they're very practical, but it's an earth sign. So actually it would make sense why they're actually very complimentary because if he, he's a cancer, which is a water sign, but, but uh, Virgos are very practical and they're very perfectionists. So if, if everything is not as so, then I would agree with you that, yeah, if a Brad Pitt comes along and is more perfect, more better, more suiting to her life and how it all fits for her, she would definitely leave. And these are all just traits, by the way. From well, I'm, Zodiac. I'm saying from my observation, he's got some talent because I, I do think he makes a good Spider-Man. I just wish he'd keep his mask on. She's got 0.0 talent as far as I'm concerned. She's cute. Oh, you're so hard on her. I am because I just don't like her and I've never seen her in anything that she's, they, they put her in everything. And Did you see this show Euphoria? I didn't see it. I only saw snippets, but it looked very dark. And Oh yeah. It's on HBO Max. No, I, I yeah. didn't see it, but it was, I, I, I was like, why? <laughs> you know, I saw her in the trailer and I was like, she's she's back to her range which is 0.0 you know she's just playing know. the same character well she's, she's no she's playing someone that's like addicted to opioids or uh, meth yeah, or something but, and uh, you can be addicted to opioids and still be michelle from spider-man you know i, I just don't think that she's got much range i this hmm. the you know the character that was in all the spider-man movies was also in the dune movies and it's probably in this series because the trailer that I had seen with her in it, it's like, so she just basically plays herself. You know, she doesn't try to play the character. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being harsh on her. I just don't like her. I'm sorry. Some people you just don't like. I don't Fair like enough, her. Yeah. I, you know, she screwed up the, the beautiful relationship that Peter had with Ned in the first movie. I thought that was so much fun and we never really seen it in because they had to put her in there because she got her fangs into him and said, gee, I wish I can have more time in the Spider-Man movies. 
wouldn't it be cool if I did more things with you instead of Ned? Actor <laughs> plays Ned. I'll go talk to the producers. <laughs> please, please. Like he cried to to Sony. It's like you gotta make up with Marvel, please. All right. <laughs> I'll move on. Uh I'll say this now again. I I I know you don't know too much about the Spider-Man lore. Uh, if Jack was here, you know, he might find this interesting, but there was a leak. The news, uh, did you, you saw Spider-Man at the Spider-Verse, the animated movie? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I did too. I thought it was really good. Um, they're making a sequel. It's like a two-parter. Oh, and okay. there was a, a toy leak and it showed that the Scarlet Spider is going to be in the movie. And uh, he's a popular spider-man character he's he's actually he was a clone of peter parker and he, i guess he thought he was peter parker for a while but eventually he went off and became the scarlet spider and he kind of wore like a like a red outfit but with a a hoodie um it's kind of a cool costume um but he's a very popular spider-man character and i, I think people probably would be glad to see him but this is my question to you after seeing you saw spider-verse and all that i think what they do it's an injustice to the character of miles morales not to just let him have his own movie you know that they have to bring in all of these you know kind of like what they did with um no way home they brought in the spider-man the the three spider-men and like what they did with Doctor Strange, they brought in Professor X and and Eternals. Yeah, you know, like they they bring in other characters in order for people to say, "Oh, I want to go see that," knowing that this character is in it. But I think Miles could could have his own film, like where he is Spider Man and he fights like you know the Rhino or the Green Goblin. You know, he doesn't need this this gimmick of a. a like a pig dressed up as a spider or, you know, that's what I would rather see. I would rather see miles on his own being Spider-Man instead of having, like they said, potentially at least a hundred spider characters are going to be in this next movie. And, um, Oh, wow. That's my, that's my point. That's a lot. I mean, I think it's fun. Like, I liked seeing the pig as Spider-Man. I thought that was hilarious. And I liked Gwen. And I liked the other characters, too. And the more mature, you know, Spider-Man. But I agree with you that Miles could have been, like, his own, like, whole show on its own as well. So, I don't know. Like, because it's animated, I'm more open to gimmicks and funny things and not taking it so seriously. But I mean, a hundred—that's that's a lot. I, that, I don't know how I'm gonna keep track. They they first said two hundred, but then they said that they're not actually all going to be Spider-Man characters. But there's gonna be a lot. That's all I know. <laughs> um, no, I, I I love that movie. I thought it was really good. I thought visually, it was so striking. It looks so great in four K. Um, but I would have preferred if it was just Peter, Miles, and Gwen. We didn't need Spider-Man Noir. We didn't need the was it the Japanese girl with the robot and Spider-Ham. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was silly. Um, 
I mean, I liked it. It was fun. It was cute. But yeah, I could see a trio being good too. I mean, we don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll make other, you know, series of it that maybe they'll go and tinker it down a little bit more and not have like 150 <laughs> yeah. characters. Uh, so Ewan McGregor came out recently. I think he was at some kind of Comic Con in Massachusetts. I think it was Massachusetts. And he said that originally the Obi-Wan series, the plan was to have it about Obi-Wan and Luke. But Kathleen, well, he didn't say this, but I heard that Kathleen Kennedy said, wait a minute. Instead of Luke, I want it to be Leia. Because Leia, you know, is a strong, future strong, brave female character. So when I hear this, it just sounds like an excuse. It just sounds like it, it, it didn't go the way that we wanted. And many fans were probably complaining or giving their two cents. And so this is what McGregor says. I don't believe it because if that was the case, why didn't it occur that way? I can't believe that just one person just makes the decision. And then all of a sudden she's, it's she's all the head following of, of Leia. She's the head of Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy. Um, it, no, this was fact, though, because uh, originally they were supposed to do a movie Obi-Wan. And then after Solo, it didn't make as much money. She put the, Kathleen Kennedy put the brakes on future Star Wars movies and uh, they ended up doing the series. But originally it was supposed to be about Luke and Obi-Wan, but he confirmed it. But no, he was he's he knows that she's his bread and butter, Kathleen Kennedy. So he was kind of kissing their ass and he goes but what she did was brilliant who would ever think for obi-wan to go up with leia mm-hmm. oh boy you know i mean i've said my opinions about that show so i'm not gonna go too much in it i don't think it would have been any better if we had focused on luke because to me it wouldn't make sense you know in a new hope when I see Luke looking at Ben, it's not c- close. It, it was a very distant relationship. It was, it was almost like, um, I like the way that it was done in New Hope because it reminds me of that rural way of living where you know, you're a farmer, you focus on your family, And you know you have neighbors, but they're far, far away. And yeah, if you need something, we're here. And we hear talk about them, but we don't really know how they really are. And and that's the kind of feeling I got when Luke finally sees and meets Obi-Wan. And that's what made Obi-Wan so striking to me was this very stoic, mysterious man who really spoke very clearly and very deliberately uh, where you see the, the immaturity in Luke so obviously from those interactions and how Obi-Wan is just full of control in this show. It just made Obi-Wan so weak and and mixed around and it, and it made Leia like ridiculously smart and brave that I, I don't, I don't buy it at all. Um, I'm, I'm still very disappointed about the show. People can, can say whatever they want, but to me, 
it had undertones that uh, I thought were pretty disgusting, as I've mentioned in other episodes. So I won't go into it. No, the torture um, and all that. Yeah. And also just like child trafficking or tri- child abduct- abduction. It really like if you did not look at Obi-Wan and just put him like a regular guy, like it looks weird. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, yeah. it doesn't look normal. Like it doesn't. And so if you, if you take away all the context of star Wars and Obi-Wan and you just look at it, it just looks weird. Like you would think that the family would have gone after to save her or, you know, someone close to the family would have gotten that, but you can't pretend that Obi-Wan was close to him to them obi-wan wasn't close to anybody because that was the code of the jedi the jedi is not supposed to have any attachments to anyone so don't bs me now that all of a sudden you know he has to do this because of the family it's like no 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 you guys are rewriting it no you're 100 right and that's that's what thank you (laughs) is troublesome with, with that series is that it messes with canon because you know like yeah it's one thing again Luke says in A New Hope, I, I think uh, he says to his uncle, he says, I wonder if they, you know, that message was about old Ben Kenobi. And um, so he does know who Ben is. And then when he meets him after he's, uh, you know, attacked by the sand people and he's like, Ben, you know, so he has seen him, but I don't think that he sees him a lot. That's why, you know, it, it, yeah. it's, they don't have a big relationship. So to create, this stupid relationship just because you have the characters it's annoying i never wanted to see an obi-wan series and it wasn't very good darth vader was pretty cool i will admit that but it it didn't do any justice towards obi-wan i actually i think it was a good idea that luke wasn't involved because it kind of saved his character and i think it ruined leia's character for her being so right in the middle of things because again it made her look like a mary sue like she was she was smarter than everybody else. She was braver than everybody else. And she's only 10 years old, um, braver than adults. She's comforting adults, you know, it's just yeah. like re- ridiculous crap. But like how you said, like where, you know, Luke barely knew Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's the same thing with Leia. Um, Cause in, in a new hope when, you know, in R2's message, she says, general Kenobi, you served my father during the clone wars. If she knew him, she would have said, remember me? We had that nice adventure, mm-hmm. you know, and I helped save you and you saved me. And then when Ben dies, you know, from Vader and Luke screams, uh, no, you know, and then they run off and they, they get into the Falcon. Luke is like, I can't believe he's gone. And she's like, how about a hug? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she doesn't like say it's like. He was such a great man. I'll never forget him. You know, she just like puts her arms around Luke and says, I'm sorry that you lost somebody that was close to you. you well, know, and it- also when you go into the other films, you know, Obi-Wan is always speaking to Luke. There's no showing of Obi-Wan yeah. ever speaking to Leia uh, in in the spiritual realm. So how come that's not in the films? Well, he was training him as a Jedi, I guess, and and Leia still wasn't being trained as a Jedi. I would I would assume that 
might be it. But they showed in later in the films that she had the use of the force. So if she has use to the force, why can't she? Well, they showed in this series that she's got use of the force. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just weird. Um, uh, the bottom line is Kathleen Kennedy just sticks her nose into things that she probably should just keep out and just let the the people that worked on the series just deal with it. Cause you know, she makes changes to kind of, she does try to push women into more powerful positions in star Wars. Um, I'm fine with that, but not I'm, a seven year old. Yeah. Seven year old is pushing it. You know, I mean, it's, as I said, like, the tone of that, uh, you know, I mean, even even Riva, like even that part of the character is messed up. You know, she she gets traumatized by almost getting killed by Anakin herself. And then she parades on this voyage to kill Darth Vader and joins him and, and does unspeakable things. And then she's, you know, ready to to torture Leia just to get what she wants. It's like, do we need to show that toxicity of women? Like, you know, if you want to show empowerment, that's not empowerment. That's weakness. That's that's destruction. So if you really want to show empowering women, you would show more positive, not negative. Now they'll be like, well, we want to be equal. So we're show- we're going to show both. It's like, yeah, OK, I could see that argument. But I would still say that if you want to show strong, powerful, empowered women, they need to be of age and it should be in the positive light. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Hey, I'm on uh, a roll today. <laughs> You're disagreeing with me, left and right. What's happening? <laughs> it's because yeah, Jack's not here, huh? huh? Yeah, <laughs> we need Jack. <laughs> Jack would have disagreed with you. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with this story. So we've never had a. Uh, we've had Hulk movies in the past, mm-hmm. but they were from Universal, like. There was the Hulk movie with Eric Bana in it, which, again, you don't have to watch Frederick. That's a weird one. You might have seen it, though. I think Nick Nolte is in it, too, and, and uh, Jennifer Connelly. Um, yes, I did see it. And then I saw the it. Edward Norton one, too. Yeah, Ang Lee directed the first one, the Hulk movie. It was weird. It, it was, it was kind of cool that we got a Hulk movie, but it, it really, you know, straight off course big time with the character. Uh, it's just a very bizarre movie, but yeah. Then there was one with Eric uh, Edward Norton and um, Liv Tyler, yes, and Tim Roth, and uh, that one is is canon. That that Hulk is actually the Mark Ruffalo Hulk, if you can believe that. Okay, but the whole thing is though Universal owned the rights to the Hulk. Uh, you know, Marvel, they end. That's why Disney doesn't have Spider Man because at some point Marvel was uh, losing a lot of money. They're about to declare bankruptcy. And what they did is they sold the rights to their major properties. And all these movie companies came in and they got the best ones. So Fox got X Men and they got uh, Daredevil, Punisher. And uh, Deadpool, I know I'm missing a big one. Fantastic Four. And uh, Sony got Spider-Man, which was the real big one. And then Paramount got Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. And Universal got the Hulk, and I think maybe Submariner. 
Um, but what happened was then one day Disney purchased Marvel and they wanted those characters back. It seems they want everything. Well, they, but they, we do too. You know, like we want them under one house, like where Warner brothers. Mm, (laughs) You know, you're right. No, I think you you are right. I don't know. You know, I I don't like how they're handling Spider-Man. I think I'd rather see him alone for a while. And, and that could be the case with X-Men too. X-Men, X-Men would be fine without being in the MCU, you know, uh, and they, they were hit or miss. Some movies were good. Some movies were not so good. Yeah. And, but the same thing with Spider-Man, Spider-Man could have his own adventures, but it's kind of cool to see them all together. Like Warner brothers owns DC. They own everything, you know, that is related to the comic books, Superman, Batman. They don't have to worry about this crap, but Disney did. Disney basically didn't own anything. So they made a deal with Paramount where they got Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Um, And then they were going to make an Avengers movie, but I think that's when Disney came in and said that, you know, you can put your Paramount logo up on the, the screen, but we want, you know, to have the complete rights to the Avengers movie, I think. Um, and that was successful. You know, they, they did good with those movies. They were able to use the Hulk. Universal loaned out the Hulk to be in the first Avengers movie. But they said that they, you know, Marvel and Disney could not make a Hulk movie without Universal being involved or Universal being the main distributor. So that's why we've, we haven't seen a, a Hulk mm-hmm. movie since. He's been okay. in other movies. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah. A lot of red tape to go through. Yeah, so they got everything back. They bought Fox a couple of years ago. So they got X-Men and they got um, Disney Fantastic does? Four. Yeah, Disney owns X-Men. They own Fantastic Four, Deadpool. Wow. Okay. Um, the only one that they don't own is they don't own Spider-Man. They're, they'll probably get him back eventually, but Sony is not going to let go for that for a while. Um, and the Hulk. The Hulk was another one. But... Uh, there's usually a, like some kind of law. I remember this was with Fox is that if you didn't make a movie every seven years on a property that you own, like say like they were doing the fantastic four, you would, the, the rights for those characters would revert back to Marvel. So nice. That's a good clause. Yeah. Cause if you're not using it, yeah. Let it go back to Marvel. So what happened was, um, remember they they made the Fantastic Four movie with Jessica Alba. Yep. And uh, then they made a sequel, you know, a couple of years later. Um, so it was coming up, you know, for the seven years was coming up, and they made that Fantastic Four movie with Michael B. Jordan in it, and uh, you know, it wasn't very good. But they did it just basically to make sure that they retained the rights you know, to the Fantastic Four and that it didn't go back to Marvel. Um, But then again, eventually Marvel bought the Fox movie, uh, Disney bought the Fox movie library. So now they own Fantastic Four. But Universal had a a different clause. And I think instead of seven, seven years, it's 15 years. And there hasn't been a Hulk movie in 15 years beginning in 2023. So they don't make a Hulk movie in 2023. The Hulk should go back to Marvel. 
apparently. I don't know if there's there's a hundred percent fact, but that's the the rumor that's been going around on the internet. It sounds about right, you know, because I think that that applied with Captain America, the Thor, uh, Thor, and and uh, Iron Man. That if Paramount didn't make sequels back to back, they would eventually revert back to Marvel. But anyway, bottom line is it does sound like we might. Disney might be getting the Hulk back and we might see Hulk movies. Okay. Now, do you think that they'll tell the Hulk story accurately or not Disney it up? Well, I think they're they're probably going to use the Hulk that they have now, Mark Ruffalo. Um, There's a couple of Hulk stories that they can do. Like people have been dying. Like one of the big Hulk stories in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years or 10 years is uh, Planet Hulk and World War Hulk, you know, like where Hulk is off planet and he becomes a, a ruler of um, this alien race. Uh, and in World War Hulk, he ends up, you know, attacking the Earth uh, and all the superheroes because the superheroes kicked him out of Earth, you know. And he ended up landing on this war planet. He became like a, a gladiator and um, he eventually became like a king or a ruler. So a lot of fans would like to see that. Okay. Um, but the problem that we've had with all the Hulk movies in the past is that they're just boring, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I agree. They were. What they get wrong is they, they give us way too much Bruce Banner and not enough Hulk. Um, that's why they, they never make money or they barely make money. Well, and they also just like Batman and just like Spider-Man. It's like, they always tell the origin story over and over and over again, where it's like, we get that. Let's go Mm -hmm. to Hulk, please. (laughs) Well, incredible Hulk though. They, they did it really well. They actually showed the origin story within the opening credits, which I thought was kind of cool. Yes. But still it's like, we don't need to see it. Again, no, which I, is I, what my worry is, you know, they're just going to do that again. Yeah. Just to I, make another film. I, I agree with you. You know, we don't, I, I get tired of origin stories. Like even like with, I remember when Dr. Strange came out, I was like, Ugh, just be Dr. Strange already, you know? Um, and same thing with Spider-Man. I don't want to see you in your wrestling costume. I want to see you in your Spider-Man costume. But, yep. Exactly. All right, I'll have to ask Jack if if he's excited about the prospect of Hulk coming back to the MCU. I'm not necessarily. I guess it'd be nice, but whatever. I haven't used that line in a while, have I? No. All right, let's talk about your buddy. You mentioned <laughs> before. Mean so, they? <laughs> yeah, they them. <laughs> <laughs> the they them yeah <laughs> uh we talked about this last week where what it was is uh i guess warner brothers gave ezra miller an option you know it's either you go and seek treatment or we keep you hidden or we cancel the flash movie altogether so it sounds like he took the first option and um it says he is seeking treatment for complex mental health issues So he made a statement and he says, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues 
and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Uh, You know, I'll call it. It's a cop-out. I don't think you should hide behind mental health issues when you've literally robbed, choked, and damaged private property and get arrested. Uh, I think we're kind of past that. So, uh, you know, again, it's great that they've decided to admit that they do have issues. I think that's a good form of acceptance. Uh, However, just from all the other disturbing information that we've gotten from the articles, he does sound like he has some narcissistic traits and aspects to him. So it's a lovely excuse to then build himself up and his image even more of like, oh, I'm the victim and I got through this and now I'm going to be a better person where I think, you know, this may be just a, a way to get out of jail time and to save his face and his brand and, you know, keep him in this movie. So I'm really not buying it because he just has done some serious crimes already if he would have just, you know, had a tantrum or, you know, make a scene, I would be a lot more lenient. But the fact that he's already hurt several people and how you you described, you know, that communal place that they live with those that woman and the children, I'm past that. Uh, I think there needs to be a lot more serious things to go on with him than just the health uh, issues. Yeah, it's kind of like the old question are you sorry for what you did or are you sorry that you got caught yep you hit the nail on the head with that one and yeah i i think that he realizes that his career is in big jeopardy he's going to lose a lot of money if um he he'd probably sue he's definitely the type of person i could see warner brothers suing if they decide we're not going to do a flash movie he probably was paid uh, you know for his performance, but maybe he would have gotten some money on the back end of the movie distribution. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're in a pickle right now with him because he is acting very crazy. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that he, he is kind of using mental health issues as a, a defense against the, the horrible things that he's done in the past, where again, if it was me and you, and we didn't have the millions of dollars he had, we'd be in jail right now, you know, waiting for a trial. Yeah. Um, I also don't like, and I've said this before, I really feel like he hides behind the trans community, you know, just to, you know, like he uses they, them pronouns just to protect himself. You know, like we're, you know, because that, you know, he's considers himself transgender, you know, it's a hate crime to, um, you know, say anything negative about me. But I, I think the trans community is about done with him now, too, from the things that I have read. And it's not fair to them either, you know, because he should not be the representation Agreed. of the trans community. And, um, you know, I think he's on an island all of his own, but he does seem like he's, uh, you know, who 
the people that he surrounds himself or like that it's a cult and that he's the leader of the cult and it's he's used to having people agree with him and if they they don't he strikes back or you know he tries to destroy them and it's it's kind of scary i mean you know anything can still happen you know he can say he's going for um medical treatment or analysis but he's a, he's a weird guy you know you know i could s- still see before this movie comes out him being involved in some more criminal activities uh you know where warner brothers may decide let's just dump this movie like they did with batgirl i i hope so just because he's already hurt other people i would have been more compassionate if he was just having a hard time himself but the fact is is that he's really already hurt a number of people and i agree with you that also you know no matter how you identify that's how you identify but that doesn't give you any superiority over any group if you did that that's really hypocritical because from my understanding, the LGBTQ and trans just want to be accepted, just want to be identified as how they wish to be identified in the community. They don't want to be better than anybody else. Not really. Uh, I can't speak for the woke, quote unquote, group, uh, because they do sound like you have to be politically correct and you have to do everything that I say. Otherwise, you're a bigot or, you know, but I think the overall the LGBTQ and trans really just want to be loved and accepted and, and just be in society and just, just exist, you know, just coexist. And I, I see that. So for him or they, excuse me, they to identify in that way and, but behave above, you know, and being this cult figure and doing, you know, serious crimes that, yeah, if, if he didn't have that uh, celebrity, you know, title, you know, I would think some of them is considered a felony. At least the robbery is, you know, going on private property and stealing and then physically assaulting several people. Like, come on, like that, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. Again, I don't think, I don't care what kind of complex health issues. Shoo, you know, Ted Bundy and Charles Manson would have loved to be able to say, I have complex, you know, health issues. So, you know, don't, don't lock me up. Just, just put me in a little hospital and I'll be just fine. Like they would have loved to have that excuse. And and that's what I see it as. I see it as an excuse. And yeah, I mean, I really hope that he does get better for the sake of his sanity and, you know, to clean up his act and get his, you know, what together, because, yeah, you're representing the Flash and you have an amazing career and you're just throwing it down the toilet. But if he doesn't, then they are going to mess up once again. You know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Ted Bundy. Uh, it reminds me of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because that's what McMurphy, Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson's character, you know, he was in... Uh, he was put away for uh, something, some sort of crime, but he pretended to be insane in order to get out of prison. And he said, you know, I'd rather live in a mental institution than to live in a, in a prison. But he found that more of a hell, you know, in yeah. the end. 
Um, but but it does kind of makes me wonder if that's what he's doing too. If uh, oh, that's what I think he's exactly doing because like a narcissistic a narcissistic trait would do that because they're looking at what is going to uh, what is going to least damage my reputation because a narcissist is all about me. So the way that it can make me feel the best and feel okay and still get right back into it, the better it is for me. People won't believe that I did those things or said those things. No, no. So I, I just had, I just had a mental problem. You know, I had a breakdown and now I'm rising up and I'm getting healthy and I'm getting better. And look at me. I'm, you know, I'm the underdog now, you know, it's just another way to just funnel that, cycle of just validation and it's it's so sad because that that really shows how insecure how you know weak and and how frightened that person is inside It, it it's just emulating that and uh it's unfortunate i mean i think we all have empathic and narcissistic traits but you know like the indian proverb says it's about which which wolf do you feed? And he really went down the wrong end. So, you know, I think just again, for his sake, I hope that, you know, he does get the, the uh, help that he needs. And I hope that he doesn't become another, you know, celebrity statistic where, you know, God forbid they OD or, or they, you know, commit suicide or they trash their career where they're just, hiding in the burrows somewhere or he commits murder which would be even worse yeah because that is the route that he was going for sure so far but i mean i'm sure warner brothers did have a talk with them and said dude you have cost us hundreds of millions of dollars with your antics with your stupid antics it's like you know we could let one go we could let two go but now we're up to like six or seven and a lot of people are not going to see this movie because you're in it. And, uh, you know, it is costing us money. You screwed us over. I mean, I don't know if you could sue an actor or like, maybe they could, maybe they could say, we want the money back that we paid Ezra Miller because uh, yeah. you know, we can't even distribute this movie because of what he's done. It's, it's an unmarketable movie. Um but I'm sure they read him the riot act and said that you were hanging on a very short thread, you know? Um, and plus, you know, he's in the Harry Potter franchise or the, the, what was that called? The wizarding world. I don't know. What is it? Grindelwald. I didn't watch those movies. I forget. Oh, I didn't see. I, I didn't even know. I didn't see those. Oh, the Fantastic Beasts movies. Um, yeah, he's, I think he's like the bad psychotic guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you would like him in that one. I, yeah, I kind he's of playing himself. Him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a, like a Mo from the Three Stooges haircut, you know, and uh, he's very creepy. Um, but yeah, no, he's been given so much in life, you know, and he's just blowing it. Where it, it's kind of weird, like how we were talking about Tom Holland where he's afraid that, you know, he might upset people where Ezra Miller is the opposite. He doesn't care that he upsets people. 
you know, he just wants to be heard and he, he want, he doesn't want any disagreement with himself, you know? Um, I mean, I, 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 I would much rather Tom Holland come out on top. Um, Definitely. Because it, it does sound like, you know, he, he's got issues with the, the social media, but Ezra Miller, I think, believes that he's always correct. He's never wrong. And um, it's okay to strike somebody, especially a woman, you know, he's, he's hitting several women, I know. Um, yeah, he's lashing out. Probably has, you know. Hiding from the cops, you know. Uh, and then posting it on Twitter. Like, you can't find me on the flash. It's like, really? Again, someone like that does not deserve a career. Um, they, they well, should... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I would just say that. I would, say, I, I would go that far. I wouldn't because, you know, there's, there's certain, like, messed up things that can occur in your life but you can redeem yourself. But I just think that the crimes that he's done is kind of past that, you know, like, you know, one, you know, amazing celebrity is, you know, Johnny cash, you know, he had, he had an ad, he had an addiction problem. He really did for many years, but he jumped back up. He cleaned up his act and then he bounced back so much stronger. And so, so successful till, you know, really the end of his day. But he didn't hurt anybody, you know. Well, that's that's the difference, though. Yeah, you know? like that, that's like a Robert Downey Jr. too. Nobody would work with him because yeah, I know incarceration and his drug problems. And I, I remember I was a kid, and I was like, you you would have probably laughed, but I I saw like his mug shots and stuff, and I would send him love. I'd be like, you're still amazing. You're still Robert Downey Jr. You know, I'm here rooting over here. But I was a kid. I didn't know what was wrong with him. I just knew that he messed up because he wasn't making movies. Obviously, my mama wasn't going to tell me then. But, you know, for me, it was just like I kept having that belief and sending love. But again, Robert Downey Jr. didn't rob people. He didn't choke somebody. You know, he just had a coke problem. That's all. (laughs) You know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is that from uh it's from um oh it's this one dude is doing uh it's walk the line and it's a parody over johnny cash but it's uh it's the dude oh, with it? uh it's yeah. the dude with will ferrell and talladega john, nights john c Riley. yes yes uh and he's he's constantly going into the bathroom and uh it, yeah uh but you know what it reminds me too remember winona ryder when she was shoplifting. Oh my gosh. You I can't tell you how much I used to love her as an actress. And then when I saw that happen, I was like, what is going on with you? I just want to shake you. <laughs> Cause I mean, what happened to her? You've got like all this fame and all this money and you're shoplifting? Like you're a klepto? I could never see her being a klepto. No. Well, it's like Ezra Miller. It's like this guy has got to be a millionaire. It's like, why does he need to steal alcohol from someone's house? Um, well, I, yeah, mean, no, I, know, I know kleptos, they get, you know, they get this rush, this amazing rush when they steal something. So I could get that from, from her because she, she went to a really nice store to do it. But at the same time, it's like, 
she ruined her career. Yeah, I'm like, you were in amazing films and you were dating Johnny Depp. You two were like, we're so in love. And you come down to stealing? Like, I know there's more to it. I'm sure there's some mental health, some depression, probably some addiction, some family issues, probably. Totally. I could totally see it in her. You know, I don't even want I don't even know. And I don't want to go there. But, you know, it's just sad to me because she was fantastic. And uh, she just I heard that she's in Stranger Things and I I haven't seen the show. Uh, But when. You know, when I saw her in Edward Scissorhands and also in um, oh, what's that? Uh, Mermaids and uh, I, heard, I have I've never seen uh, Heather's Heather. I've seen Heather's, but I heard it's really good. Uh, but she just has this presence. Yeah, no, she does. You know, you know in Beetlejuice, she had that presence, too. I mean. It was because of her that, you know, I was doing a whole goth phase because I just loved how <laughs> she looked. In, yeah, because of Beetlejuice. I was just like, oh, my God, I'll wear all black or ooh, I can wear all red. You know, it looks cool. It's like lace, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's just that influence. But I really loved her presence in the films. It was so unique and such talent. So, I mean, I don't know what happened, but yeah, she's a great example. Good point. Oh, yeah, no, she she's an idiot too. Because well, Johnny Depp has. She's to be an idiot. Say. Well, no, this, this is my why I'm. Well, let me explain my context here. Okay. Because she was in Godfather Three. She's supposed to play Michael Corleone's daughter. Oh wow! You know, and they were filming over in Italy, and she was so in love with Johnny that she was like, "I can't be away from him." And so she basically said that she told the producers that she was sick. And that she had what? to leave. And I, and I think that she might have done, maybe she did do it, Edward Scissorhands with him, uh, you know, during that time period. Um, but that movie sucked. And I think it would have been a little better if she was in it instead, you know. Yeah, good point. Coppola got her, his daughter, to play her role. And it always pissed me off that she was like, just because these two were. I don't know if they were teenagers at the time, but they were goofy love that, you know, she had to, she couldn't be away from him for a minute. It screwed yeah. up. Not in the movie was still bad, but it, it screwed things up, you know, for the Godfather, which was going on quite a roll <laughs> after two movies. They were pretty damn good. No, agreed. And, and yes, I did hear that they, they had this puppy young love and they were inseparable. Yep. Now you want me. Now you're getting me want to look up Winona Ryder because I know Johnny Depp's Gemini like my mom. So I'm like wondering <laughs> what's her sign now because <laughs> I never looked into it. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know now, but before when I used to watch Edward Scissorhands, that movie used to just make me cry. I love the music. and Oh, yeah, it's brilliant in that one. I mean, it just made me cry over him. And then I cried over their love. And I just I cried over that he's in that house all alone. I mean, it's just like it just ripped me up. So I haven't watched it in years. But I mean, really, I got to say, you know, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. I mean, Mm -hmm. just masterpieces when it comes to just putting cinema and music together. I mean, really, like if there's any composer that really I, you know, idolize and be like, if I could just be like that, it would be Danny Elfman because he, I I know 
not many people are going to understand this, but music theory people will love it. He basically took one chord. He took one chord, which is three notes with a fourth note, inverted the chord, and that is the theme song to Batman. I cannot tell you how simple that is, but the fact that it is that simple and everyone knows that the passion, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. it's like, how, <laughs> how did you come up? Were you like making eggs or something? Like, how did you say, yeah, this is the chord. Okay. I'm going to play it. And now I'm just going to invert it. I'm just going to put it upside down and I'm just going to add a fourth note. There you go. That's Batman. How did you do that? And now everyone knows that it's just, Brilliant. <laughs> you know what, Fedra? I think I could have done that, actually. <laughs> yeah, of course you would say that, Joe. <laughs> you got super loud all of a sudden. Because I'm just so passionate no, no, about no. that, really. Your volume, your volume. Oh, no, I guess it's me. Oh, I'm, is it? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's me. I just, you know. I, I'm just, I get so passionate about that because it's Danny Elfman. Like, I mean, I even watched the, um, they were playing it in Chicago. They were replaying Batman um, at the, the music box theater and it was all on, you know, on the big screen and they had like behind the scenes stuff that they were playing. And then he's, he's literally talking about creating that. And I'm just like, oh my God, is that what he just said? He took a chord and inverted it and that was it. That's it. He has no music theory knowledge. He didn't go to like to a conservatory. He just started like writing music and then he gets this pitch with Tim Burton and then he takes the chord inverted and that's Batman. Like it was like my my brain just like exploded because I was, you know, studying music at that time. And it's like, I you think that it's going to be more complicated. Like, I think it's going to be John Williams. You know, there's horns and brass, that's what I was gonna say. you know, or it's going to be Hans with like his really rhythmic and syncopated like percussion and like, you know, bashing at the wall. I'm like, wow, like that's intense. Or Vangelis where he does all these synths and he has like, you know, layers and layers of melodies. No, no, not Denny Elfman. No, it's just one chord with four notes. I'm like, what? I don't know. I see again. I think I could have written that. I could not write. You could have done it, sure. I couldn't write Superman the movie though. The, you know, the, the theme from Superman. I couldn't do that. But Batman theme, maybe. Maybe. If I was on some real nasty drugs too, I think, and very, very down. <laughs> I think that would help too. Um speaking of Winona Ryder, I was watching Dracula today. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. That was a nice one. I loved Gary Oldman in that one. Him in that suit, young Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu wasn't that great in that movie. He wasn't. Um, but I'm was, still I'm still gonna idolize him, of course. No, no, I still I love the guy, you know. But it's just uh that wasn't the role for him at the time. I, I think he grew after that, but uh that that's a that's a weird movie. <laughs> Why? Why do you say it's weird? Oh no, just like all the things that happen, you know, with the with the blood and you know the uh, you know, the rape that, that occurs in the garden with the like the, the the werewolf and that girl and Lucy, yeah, Lucy, um, yeah. and then the heads chopping off and you know the eating of the babies. <laughs> 
It's very dark. Yeah. I mean, that's that's demonology and the vampires. Yeah. I mean. What would you think of um, Interview with the Vampire? Uh, the original with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, I hope Charlie's listening. He hates that movie. Well, has he read the books? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Okay, I've read. I, I'm a big Anne Rice fan. I've read almost every book she ever published. So um, I will say the reason why I like it is because it's very, very close to the book. And Tom Cruise is freaking Tom Cruise, and he plays an excellent Lestat. Um, the other actor, Edward Stewart, I think. He played a great young Lestat, but I truly really want would have wanted to see a young Tom Cruise play Lestat because that's also correct in Interview with the Vampire. That's the next book, which is the vampire Lestat, which takes place in the modern time. He wakes up. He becomes a, a rock star. He mm. accidentally wakes up the Queen of the Damned, which at the time was Aaliyah, which was just the epiphany of the queen of vampires. I mean, you couldn't have done better casting ever. She wasn't a great actress, but she fit the picture perfectly because she's supposed to be the Egyptian queen of, of the vampires. And she's I never, I never psychotic. Seen it's, it's okay. Um, you could put it as like a background film. Uh, but the reason why I also love interview with the vampire is because I, I could take a whole episode just doing this, so sorry. But uh, Tom Cruise playing Lestat is very arrogant. You know, he 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 always thought he was the <laughs> when he was a mortal. Excuse me. Um, so even when he was immortal, he thought, "Oh, he's the greatest." And then when he became a vampire, he was even more arrogant. Uh, but he fell in love with Louis, and the reason and. and Yes, they play with homosexuality uh, in this, you know. Um, it was very taboo back then. Yes. Um, but I love the way Anne Rice did this because when you think about spirits, you don't think about a gender. You don't think of a ghost and you're like, what's the gender? No, it's just energy. And it's sometimes I do. dark. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, technically, it's just energy. It's just a spirit. And you know, it doesn't have to have some type of, of gender associated to it. So I, I love that they're putting this in there because what Lestat loved about Louis is the fact that Louis felt he still had his heart, whereas Lestat was cold, just cold as a dead fish. He's just like, I don't care about any of these humans. I could kill them all if you wanted me to. But Louis was like, no, like, we can't do that. We have to coexist with them. You know, I know that there are meat, but we don't have to kill all of them. We can we can live and 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 love and 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 have our own life as vampires. And that's where he made the mistake of making Claudia. I mean, Kirsten Dunst got an Academy Award for that, mm. for that uh, uh she win she role. Won. Yeah, she did one, I believe. Oh. Yeah. And cool. I, I think she certainly did because that was a very dark and very complicated uh, role. And for her to play that so young, I mean, it showed how great she is as an actress overall, you know, after many other roles. Um, 
Antonio Banderas is in that film, yeah, and he did yeah. a great Armand. I loved Armand mm. because no, yeah, I, I think it's a great film. I, I like it. Yeah, there's many there's many reasons why I haven't seen it in a very long time because again, I, I don't watch horror movies anymore. Uh, but I, I loved the the sense of showing of death and this bond that vampires have because you know they suckle life. You know, well, you know, you do. know. You know what my favorite scene is? No. What is it? It's when he gets to go to the movies and he sees Superman the movie and he sees the sun rising in the distance. For the first time. Yeah. yeah. After like a hundred years. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny. I think he also saw Gone with the Wind too. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, I, again, I think it's a great movie. And I remember at the time, Anne Rice hated that they cast Tom Cruise and she- yes told everyone to boycott the film and that she was not giving her stamp of approval, but then she saw it and she apologized. She thought he was fantastic. And he was, he was, that's why I always say, and I'll argue with this with people. He is so underrated as an actor. You know, I think he's done a lot of really good performances in the past. And I think it's, you know, him and Brad Pitt have the same curse. They're, They're good looking guys that Hollywood doesn't necessarily take them seriously. Um, but I think they're very good actors and, you know, Tom Cruise definitely hit it out of the park as Lestat in that movie. I think on, honestly, Charlie would have to read the book to then relook at the, relook at the, the film because yeah, on its own, I could see definitely why people wouldn't like it. But if you're a true fan that read the book, I mean, the beginning of how he meets Louis is literally verbatim of the chapter. Like I literally could say those lines because it's it's from the book. You know, I had it. They made a comic book out of it, and uh, I I had. Uh, yeah, the graphic it? novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had it. Uh, actually, my mom. I used to look at it all the time. It was so cool because yeah, it was, it was really dark. cool artwork too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had that too. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I wish that they had made maybe like an origin story of Lestat so that they could uh, show Magnus. They never showed Magnus in the film. And Magnus is the vampire that made Lestat. And that would have been a really oh, cool, still, cool he's short still alive. Well, we could talk about this off <laughs> podcast, but yeah. I, I didn't realize he was still alive. I was like, all right. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. We're, we're wrapping this up. I, I just mentioned Superman. We went full circle. We did. All right. I guess we will wrap this up then. So, Fedra, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can follow me on Instagram, or you can be my friend on Facebook, or email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook and check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney and Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 8, Episode 37. So until next time, see ya. Good night, everyone.